0: Welcome to Antitrust Code by Concurrences. Concurrences is the leading antitrust database, with over 30,000 articles on competition law. Concurrences is also the largest network of antitrust experts, with lawyers, economists, enforcers and academics in 85 countries. By listening to this podcast, you will learn the fundamentals of competition law and hear about the latest antitrust news, thanks to our guests, the best experts in the antitrust world.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Concurrence podcast, the first podcast of uh, year 2024. I am Ferouz Mesmidazi, uh, a lawyer at Dazi Avocat, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Jan Gutman, uh, who is head of uh, uh, the digital economy unit at the French Competition Authority. Um, hello, Jan. Hello, Ferouz. Um, thank you for being here uh, for the um, for the discussion that we uh, will undertake on this uh, incredibly hot topic of artificial intelligence and antitrust. Um, so, uh, of course, artificial intelligence is not a new uh, technology. Uh, it, it has been uh, under development since uh, the 50s, I understand. Uh, but of course, the massification and industrialization industrialization of uh, artificial intelligence tool conversational uh, uh, bots uh, has been accelerated since uh, 1 year since the the release of ChatGPT, Uh, so it's taking a lot of importance uh, in the current, uh, not only antitrust debate, but of course political debate uh, at worldwide level. It's reshuffling the cards of uh, the digital economy, um, the equilibrium that we knew on the internet and the platform economy, Um, and of course, the French competition authority is having um, her word uh, in this debate. Um, President Curry uh, mentioned um, already last year at the ICN uh, uh, conference that um, it was a topic a hot topic, on which the the competition authority will be working with jointly, of course, with the other uh, G7 uh, counterparts and and other competition authorities. Um, In Europe, we had this very uh, uh, controversial debate about regulation over the last uh, month. uh, We are at the final steps of the negotiations of the... AI Act, and most of the debate um, for the time being is about transparency, obligation, and the extent to which we have to uh, regulate or not to preserve uh, the balance with innovation um, and, and, the, and, a, and enable the, the, the emergence of um, uh, startups and, and an ecosystem of companies, European companies, in artificial intelligence. Um, The market structure that uh, underlies the uh, artificial intelligence right now is quite known from the competition authorities. Um, Big tech players uh, having the keys uh, of uh, the industrialization of uh, this technology and a a multitude of uh, startups working on it, working on on products or services based on this. Um, You, uh, Jan, have a particular um, Interesting point of view to share with us uh, regarding so. <laughs> yes re- regarding this type of structure. You have been working a lot on the cloud uh, uh, markets, uh, having been uh, uh, heading the, the 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 sector inquiry uh, into the cloud. So. Um, Maybe you could, you could tell us a word on this and, and, and before leaving the floor to you, uh, a last word. Um, President Curry uh, recently announced, pre-announced uh, the launch, the possible launch of sector Inquiry uh, into AI in France. Um, we would be very curious to know a bit more about this uh, to the extent possible.
0: Thank you, Ferrous. Quite an introduction, <laughs> I must say. Uh, so I'm, Yann. I'm the head of a digital economy unit, like you mentioned, at the French Competition Authority, and my uh, unit was created in uh, September 2020, so we're quite a new unit. Uh, we're four, myself included, my deputy head, Elodie, with a lawyer, and two data scientists, Adrien Quentin. And, uh, like uh, you said, we I piloted the cloud sector inquiry. It took us month and it was released uh, last year in June and we analysed the whole cloud sector mainly in France because we are a French Competition Authority and it was very key because now we see that uh, the cloud sector is one key infrastructure to the AI, especially on the computing power part. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> right. And, yes.
0: And so like you mentioned uh, Benoit Curie pre-announce a launch of a study, that's right. (laughs) Uh, I was quite surprised because usually we announce it directly, we don't do um, a pre-announce, but I think the official launch uh, will be at the beginning of February. I cannot speak about the details, but it should be A quick study, because AI is evolving very quickly, and so we don't have the luxury to spend 18 months uh, like the cloud sector increase. So uh, I expect uh, that the result will be shown uh, before summer. So very (laughs) fast one.
1: Excellent. Very interesting. Um, The the competition authority has uh, indeed a very... uh, um, value-added uh, uh, approach to, uh, uh, to market studies. I'm thinking about online advertising. Uh, it was a pioneer in, in, in understanding the, the functioning of these yes. markets. So we could, one could expect uh, to find in, in such study um, uh, the keys to understand how this uh, market is, is getting structured, uh, I suppose, I assume.
0: Yes, um, at least some keys because as you've mentioned it, uh, a lot of authorities are investigating this subject. And so why so many authorities? Because like you mentioned, AI is evolving crazy quick. So we need to do quick study. And if you want to do quick study, we cannot do an in-depth analysis. We need to focus on some specific uh, relevant topics inside AI. And some will be left behind. And so... With many authorities, we can complement it yeah. each other. And so that's, I hope, for example, um, the CMA was pioneer in its uh, AI study, and it focused more on the models, you know, and yeah. it was very key to understand how these uh, foundation models work. And it's very important for a competition world, but for the world. world. Uh, like Bill Gates said on his uh, blog, that in, in his lifetime, he has seen two demonstrations of technology that struck him as revolutionary. One is AI, and the other, I was very puzzled by it, but it makes sense, is graphical user interface. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So around 40 years between the two innovation, yeah. And regarding AI, on his blog, he said, I quote, uh, the development of AI is as fundamental as the creation of a microprocessor, the personal computer, the internet, and the mobile phone. It will change the way people work, learn, travel, get healthcare, and communicate with each other. Entire industries will reorient around it. Businesses will distinguish themselves by how well they use it. So, <laughs> quite a huge...
1: Oh, a huge challenge, <laughs> Yeah.
0: So I think it's worth that uh, competition authority invest on this uh, subject and there's many things uh, to look at. So I won't spoil what the future opinion will be about, but around the many subjects of interest, for example, how will the model evolve? What will be the innovation regarding foundation model? Can we take for granted the diversity of models we currently observe between proprietary or open source model? With all the questions regarding the input upstream needed for these uh, models. On one part, you have computing power with huge costs associated mm. and a very special place for specific digital giants regarding the cloud um, sector. Uh, in our study, we highlight the very specific position, for example, of the three hyperscalers. And among those three hyperscalers, um, Google and Microsoft via OpenAI, uh, a lot of them uh, regard them as the leaders for the AI. So, so worry, we could say. Nothing anti-competitive, but we need to look at it. Yeah. And then, there's all uh, the question regarding the data needed for this model, because you need a lot of data much, much more data. And there's competition uh, issues regarding data. There's also a law issue, mainly copyright, for example. And then you also have all the questions regarding the downstream markets. Where will AI be uh, deployed, for example? How will it, will it be... How will, will it affect uh, different markets? For example, um, when uh, Chatt, uh, GPT 3.5 was released in uh, November 2022, I think uh, many predict that it will uh, change the search market, for example, and that Google could lose uh, its dominant position in this. So
1: That was at least an expectation from yeah, Microsoft. It was.
0: <laughs> at the moment, it's untrue. <laughs> But you never know, and you don't know which uh, market will be shaping by AI, yeah. thing or, but will it uh, upset a lot of dominant position? Uh, only the future will tell us.
1: Um, that's a, a very interesting point. Um, it makes me think of a class action that was actually uh, lo- filed in uh-huh. the U.S. against uh, Google uh, recently regarding um, an AI-powered uh, uh, mechanism in the search. Uh, so um, on both sides, I don't know if it's, uh, we, we can observe right now uh, whether ChatGPT is more... Uh, competitive than what Google is trying to mm. do in its own uh, search uh, um, browser. But um, yes. So what, what's uh, also interesting in what you're uh, saying is uh, you are um, enlightening the two, two aspects, at least of, of uh, how AI might be used downstream. There is one way which could um, be uh, AI used as part of an existing service, which is boosting the service and making it more... Competitive or or, or performant. Um, and AI being also because it's a second case a service in itself, and it may be also a platform service somehow. With GB- now we can create GPTs directly, which has, which are very similar to apps somehow. Um, so it's also a matter of of um, interest for for app stores and and the way we these markets may be affected or not.
0: Yes, um, at the moment there's so many possibilities that uh, it's very interesting. Like you say, ChatGPT is going like a platform model with a GPT store where you can customize your own uh, GPT. That sounds very weird, but <laughs> we'll see how it will evolve in the yeah, future.
1: I tried it actually. It's uh, it's not very uh, self-correcting.
0: Uh, yeah, it's very weird because uh, GPT-4 is very good in itself, and so now. I, I'm a user of uh, ChatGPT, for example, and don't see the true value from uh, personal GPT reg- uh, when I compare with GPT-4, but mm. maybe in the future. Mm. You have, for example, uh, Google, whose um, main uh, product in uh, generative AI is yeah and closely proprietary, not a platform, yet maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and on the other end, you have all this ecosystem um, that is... Um, linked to open source model, uh, mainly pioneered by uh, Meta or Mistral, for example, that really their models on, uh, on open source basis. And so it enables a lot of startup to just take these models, fine-tune it, and now it's a service.
1: Yeah. And
0: so there's a blossoming creativity regarding AI startup. And this diversity of model, I think, is very key to ensure that we have a world. Uh, range of benefits to the consumer and to innovation.
1: Great. Now let's turn to the problems. (laughs) (laughs) To some of the concerns at least. In terms of models, but maybe more generally, there is a growing interest uh, from uh, several market players into standard setting. Um, uh, So we have in Europe um, and in France in particular uh, um, a decisional practice regarding how standard setting can be uh, uh, implemented, promoted among um, or within associations and and professional organizations. There is maybe a big stake uh, in here in terms of uh, how how the standards may be, uh, may be set and by who, uh, since we um, we observe at least now that, um, as you were saying, that there are three or four maybe very uh, structural uh, players uh, uh, who can uh, develop AI um, or make others develop AI. Um, so is there is it a, an area where um, well the competition authority could 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 have a look, or is it something? uh,
0: I think um, authority will look at it, but I think it's less of a priority. I'm speaking more from a technical point of view than a lawyer point of view because, as you may know, I'm a microeconomist by background. I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) But at this stage of uh, AI development, uh, it does seem to me that innovation is everywhere. You have a striking innovation, especially in the foundation model and so they're still innovating and usually um, standards appear after innovation kind of slow down, you know. And now every week there's a new innovation regarding uh, foundation model. At the time of the recording, the last innovation I've read is a paper research but by, by DeepMind AI that uh, they train a model to solve geometry. And it's Ah, very interesting because it combines two parts of AI. The LLM, now the large language model, that we're all familiar with, (laughs) even if we don't understand how it works Mm. in details. But mainly LLM uh, works by probability inference, and so it's kind of uh, intuitive reasoning. And what's very striking uh, for this uh, paper I've read, and what I understand, of course, (laughs) <laughs> is that they added a kind of uh, symbol manipulation part, and so it mimics a uh, rezoning uh, reasoning by humans, and so it can explain how it came to the solution. Oh. And so it could be a huge innovation, maybe, <laughs> because now when uh, you have an answer by uh, LLM, it, at the moment it cannot explain yes. how uh, it came to the answer, but with this, they hope that it will be exp- able to explain right. to a human how uh, the, um, the answer came. And so there's so much innovation that I think uh, the question of standard is too soon.
1: <laughs> okay, in the cycle of innovation.
0: Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. And I think if we do a uh, um, comparison with what happened in other sector, I think some standard may emerge naturally and at the moment, at this moment, maybe... A competition authority will need to look at it okay, but now I think if we were to impose standard, it could stifle innovation
1: <laughs> and what if uh, the standard is imposed by the power of one or two or three players
0: but uh we're speaking theory
1: <laughs> yes completely. <laughs> I, I <must> say.
0: <laughs> I maybe don't ten
1: i mean uh, yeah,
0: it may have a case or not but Sometimes, uh, more often than not, standards can emerge uh, naturally. You know, something is better than all the other solutions, so you have a standard. Uh, After that, maybe you need just to make sure that the standard can be accessed, there's enough documentation, and so on, and so on. And for example, in our cloud sector inquiry, we highlight the position of the S3 standard that was emerged naturally by Amazon, who was the leader of the sector. And on the other hand, if a standard is imposed by a dominant player that uses its dominant position, it could be an anti-competitive mm. practice.
1: In theory. <laughs> it could be. Um, okay, uh, let's move on to another aspect of um, AI, which is, uh, I would say, a merger control. Um, over the last, let's say, 20 years, uh, we do not have had a lot of interest in two uh, mergers arising from contractual relationships or commercial relationships. Now, um, Microsoft and OpenAI and their partnership and the way it evolves also has um, ra- uh, raised attention, and several antitrust authorities are now investigating whether this partnership, in particular, with this excludivities, mm. with the The kind of control, some some may say, um, Microsoft exerts into uh, OpenAI may qualify as a a merger and um, be reportable uh, to the CMA or to the Bundeskartenamt. Or to the Commission. Or to the Commission, of course, and it raised also the point of whether this transaction, uh, if qualified as a merger, could have been um, reported to the Commission based on Article 22 of the uh, EU-MR, which is precisely a a tool for um, um, catching transactions which which are Hmm. below uh, uh, thresholds. So this is an area a new area of interest for competition authority? Is it an area of interest for the French competition authority? Um, Similarly as others, uh, in terms of, um, does the authority intend or may the authority review somehow some of the partnerships um, in artificial intelligence?
0: I cannot speak about it uh, specifically, but what I can say is that, from an outsider perspective, there's a lot of uh, frenzy in the uh, startup field, and nowadays it seems that all startups are about AI. And so, it's true. Yeah.
1: Everyone, everyone does AI. You're
0: not launching a startup. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> So a lot of AI startups, and uh, we need to be uh, realistic. When someone launches a startup, they usually hope for two things. Either to become a successful, and it has established firm, but not very frequent, but it exists. And for example, Google, Amazon, or Meta, <laughs> once upon a time, were startups. Yeah. <laughs> tend to forget it. But more often than not, uh, the aim is to be bought by an already existing player. And that's part of the deal. And so now I observe there's a lot of AI startup. Mm. A lot will be bought. A lot will be under the thresholds. And so I think if we follow this logic that yes, we could see Article 22 be used in the future regarding some AI startup. But in each case, it will need a case-by-case analysis. And so it will depend, I cannot speak.
1: No, 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 <laughs> but it's definitely a tool that, that may be used and of course not all transactions may be of interest or, yeah. or harming competition somehow, but... Uh,
0: it can be very hard to analyze which startup is key to uh, maybe... Upsetting uh, relevant market, for example, yeah. it's very it, hard to predict.
1: It's it's maybe uh, up to the to the market players to to signal something uh, to the competition authorities. Basically, I don't think you have a a kind of uh, monitoring tool.
0: Maybe with AI.
1: (laughs) Yes, you might develop this at the authority. We will come to that. Um, Okay, well, this uh, makes a great transition to the articulation of antitrust and and, uh, the DMA, uh, but more generally regulation. And I'm talking about DMA because there is this mechanism of information by... those gatekeeper, a designated gatekeeper of all the transactions they're uh, mm-hmm. undertaking. So it might be a way to get information uh, about um, which transaction may harm what. Um, but more generally, uh, what is your view of the articulation about, uh, between antitrust uh, rules and the regulation DMA, DSA, uh, and, and the AI Act, uh, which preserves competition law, um, uh, its room uh, in, uh, independent and autom- autonomous from the, the, the implementation of the regulation. What is your, your <laughs> take on this?
0: Hard question, <laughs> I think. Uh, regarding the DMA, uh, it's a fixed set of obligation regarding a fixed set of uh, CPS. So you have two cases, either AI, um, is uh, within a CPS, and so it will be printed by the DMA, if it's in a CPS or connection with a CPS, and so in these particular cases, I think it will be uh, printed by the DMA. Oh! It should be, I think. It
1: might be, at least. Oh, it might
0: be. But the the search market, for example, is a good example because (coughs) Search is one uh, Google search is one of the twenty-two CPS, for example, and so the use of AI in search is within the scope of the uh, DMA. But in um, other area, uh, since we have a fixed set of CPS, everything that is not a CPS is within uh, the scope, you could say, of competition law. And but all the things that people are talking about is um, DMA will focus it's my personal opinion. <laughs> okay. Uh, I must say but more on the um, kind of a present on the fixed CPS and competition law uh, will tackle all these uh, new problems emerging from new technologies and so.
1: Yes, uh, so it AI would be if i understand you well AI would be might be included in each and every CPS as yeah. they stand. Um because the DMA is focused not on the technology, on the mean, but mm. on the service that is provided. But somehow, every, everything that is outside of the CPS could be excluded and, and, uh, and go back to antitrust. But within these CPS, um, um, there, are, there are also um, very limited obligations that are tackled uh, by the DMA. So somehow, the, um, when it comes to other kind of practices, mm. this would this might remain outside the scope of the DME, wouldn't it?
0: Maybe, but um, you say the obligations are limited, but I think they cover a very wide scope. <laughs> So um, uh, I don't know in theory what is not covered by the obligation of the DMA. So we will see. Yeah. Competition was able to tackle a lot of a lot of challenges without the DMA because at the time it did not exist. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and there will be a close cooperation between um, the Commission and the NCA regarding DMA and the articulation with uh, competition law, for example. I think we talk a lot with our counterparts from NCA, from the Commission. Uh, for example, at the Autorité, we organize an internal workshop regarding how we will approach uh, the DMA. And for this workshop, we invited some people from the Commission. So, so there's a lot of talks. I cannot uh, tell you what we talk no, about. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> but we talk a lot. Okay. We talk uh, among the ACN also, and so there's a lot of uh, talks to... Um,
1: coordinate.
0: Coordinate. Um, consistently. And be sure that it is a success The DMA and competition law. Right. That's what I can say. And maybe a general point regarding the articulation between um, regulation and competition. Maybe because there's a lot of um, legislative process regarding the AI Act in Europe, but not only in the world. World there's a lot of initiative, mainly, uh, no everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> not mainly in the <laughs>
1: the
0: US, but in other countries, so yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and I just want to speak uh, to speak about uh, generalities, for example, because I'm mm. a microeconomist by background, and uh, in my lessons. We learned that competition alone a lot of time does a terrific job at uh, maximizing the welfare. But in some corner cases, it cannot do it alone. Mm. And mainly, uh, it's when there are negative externalities, like pollution, for example. And so, uh, in this case, you need regulation because otherwise, the outcome for the world is not good. And uh, in this case, you have usually two solutions. Either uh, these externalities can be internalized by the private actors via taxes, for example, you put taxes on pollution, or uh, some um, compartments, I don't know if- Behaviors? Behaviors, thank you. <laughs> some behaviors uh, can be banned or strictly controlled. So that's mainly the two options, two big options you have. And for AI, no one deny that there are risks associated with it but uh, with a huge diversity of opinion regarding the seriousness of this risk you know ranging from science fiction like risk you know it's the end of the world the doom of humanity to uh, there's nothing to worry about just uh, go leave on. it and <laughs> leave it and it's very hard to say where are we on the scale to nothing, to existential crisis, you know? I'm not an expert on this matter, I think few are, but uh, what I'm saying is that regulation usually comes with a cost that could be less competition. You impose regulation at the detriment of competition, and so you need to be sure that what you impose are strictly uh, necessary, necessary. you know, regarding the cost uh, to competition. Uh, regarding AI, the regulation of AI, there's a tendency that uh, want to impose strict regulation and it could put uh, more burden on open source model regarding proprietary ones. And I'm not saying that uh, open source is better than uh, proprietary. I think it's good to have choices, to have the option between proprietary and open source model. And so we need to make sure Regulation need to make sure that when it puts more burden on open source, it's strictly necessary. Otherwise, we could see uh, AI file with only proprietary solution. Something to keep in mind for our regulators.
1: <laughs> yes, and uh, as uh, we speak, uh, they are finalizing the AI Act. So, <laughs> you, and maybe at the time the podcast will be released, it will be still time for them to hear you say that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe you cannot strike the perfect regulation from the first draft, so yes. <laughs> you need to iterate. That's what is important.
1: Exactly, and uh, the GDPR was one example. We tried to, to we we tried to regulate uh, in what we considered a balanced way, uh, privacy and 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 market functioning, and and it and it turns out five years after implementation that it might need to be uh, refreshed. So it might be the same for iron, even uh, even earlier than five years. Yeah,
0: uh, what's important is to keep uh, an open mind and maybe sometime recognize that in the past we made mistakes, but <laughs> we can correct it.
1: Yes, definitely. And uh, in addition, that um, antitrust in this regard is is very flexible. And my understanding, or my opinion, I would say, is that we um, we we don't need to change the rules. Uh, to make it cope with the challenges of this new cycle of innovation, there are many ways we can tackle some of the issues that are raised, and the combination of regulation and antitrust may be a one right way to 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 to. You need both. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, and precisely, so uh, we need both, and 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 I'm coming to the. Um, to to the last I would say question but I don't want to preclude uh, any other question I might have Um, but my last question is is regarding enforcement, enforcement tools uh, enforcement resources we understand um, that um, uh, AI might um, might uh, appear uh, in the the, the the toolbox of the the French Competition Authority. Um, so it might be very interesting to 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 hear more uh, on this because um, yes, it's it's very important. And and in addition to that, I think. Um, one question m- most of uh, market players have, at least business users of AI, is um, the uh, ac- actual capacity of um, a competition authority to act rapidly. So we have interim measures. Uh, it has been widely used by the French Competition Authority, uh, quite uh, with, with a lot of audacity some- sometimes. Um, AI poses a a, a multiple problem uh, in terms of timing because both uh, its capacities and its harmful effect can be deployed extremely rapidly. So we can even see an AI uh, being implemented and and in in a few months, it, it harms a whole ecosystem of, of companies, so there is also a problem of uh, burden of proof of, of capacity to, to 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 build a case. Uh, in terms of timing, there is also a challenge uh, on this. So, how does AI um, is included? Uh, how AI will be included in your functioning and in enforcement uh, enforcement tool?
0: Yes. Uh... Each case is a challenge, <laughs> That's right. I must say. Uh, regarding interim measure, you're right to say that, that the French Competition Authority, uh, we use it. Uh, our last example was uh, last May, so it's quite recent. And it was regarding uh, online ad verification in the Meta ecosystem. And it only took us seven months to issue uh, interim measures, so it's a good delay.
1: Yes, it say. is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With quite a small team, I must say, because there were three case handlers on the case from the unit of Pascal Deschamps. And they were assisted by uh, one person from the Economic Service and one person from my team. And so it was... um, Regarding what support we provided, it was to better understand how uh, the sector worked on the technical aspect because Meta is a closed ecosystem, a walled garden. There was differences between uh, what you can do on, in online advertising between open display and the ecosystem, and it was very key to be able to change what was what was said by the different actors regarding this case, and I think. It was very key to do this interim measure in only seven months, so it's very good. And regarding um, maybe more generally about data unit in uh, competition authority, we can see uh, in Europe but also uh, worldwide that uh, data unit are created uh, within uh, the competition authority because it can help us uh, accelerate our procedure or cases. And at uh, the French competition, for example, uh, we automated a lot of things. Uh, for A uh, lot of uh, repetitive and boring tasks, for example, now can be automated with a simple program, nothing uh, fancy like AI, just a simple code, for example. And so uh, case handler can gain a huge amount of time on very uh, specific tasks. Now if they just press a button almost, and it's done. <laughs> so they can gain a lot of time. And uh, like uh, Benoit Cury said, we will uh, try uh, playing with uh, AI in our, um, not a procedure, but on some tool to assist a uh, case handler, for example. And so we've, uh, we have reached Etalab, for example, with a, a unit within the dinum to help us uh, fine tuning uh, AI model on our um, publication data set, because <coughs> um, we release... All our publication in French in a single file that is available on data.gov.fr. So we have our data set and now we can fine tune mm. the AI model on it. And for our English audience, our English resources uh, regarding publication should be available on data.gouv uh, at the beginning of February. Oh. So we did it for the French because all our Publication are in French, <laughs> big scoop, and, but we didn't translate a lot of uh, publication for the um, French authority, but we have a lot of English material regarding press release, for example. Yes. And this will be available in one file, so Ooh. it could be very uh, useful for many people around the world to do data analysis and to power some very specific uh, AI law tool, for example.
1: Wow, very interesting. That's a good uh, project.
0: So we publish a lot of things on um, open source uh, materials, and we hope that the people will take it and do some amazing things with it.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I think I think we're uh, we're.
0: Um, We've covered all the yes, questions uh, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if you you had uh, one last word uh, you would like to to say.
0: Um, AI is evolving crazy quick and I hope that what we've talked about um, a lot of will still be true in six months
1: <laughs> let's <laughs> hope <the> so. <laughs> it's, so it's up to concurrence to publish it very yeah, quickly
0: be, be kind with us if you listen to this podcast in uh, six months time yeah. <laughs> maybe something we've said will be proof false now but <laughs> we try to do our best <laughs>
1: Thank you very much, Yann uh, Gutmann, for this uh, very um, interesting exchange. I hope uh, you had uh, a great time and you uh, listen, and you discovered uh, new things about the, what the French Competition Authority is preparing. Thank you very much to the Concurrence Review and to WE ARE, which is the studio where we record uh, this uh, podcast. Thank you very much.
0: You listen to an episode of Antitrust Code by Concurrences. If you want to read more about this topic, check the Concurrences website where you can find all relevant articles. Follow us on Twitter at CompetitionLoss and join the Concurrences group on LinkedIn to receive updates on our next podcast.